I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed podcast today. And today we have a very special guest calling in from England, and his name is Tony Topping. He is a UFO expert, had some experiences in his life dealing with UFOs, and that's a big topic right now. And with a lot of things they're putting out in the in the press, and seems like nobody's responding, but I want to welcome Tony to the show. How you doing, man? Hi, I'm all right. Uh, hello, John. Yes, thank you for having me uh, as a guest. Uh, it's very good of you because it can be a very lonely place, uh, my place, with all this. It can be very lonely. I'm reminded of the guy off Police Squad. I don't know whether you've ever seen that, uh, Johnny Shoeshine. If you've ever seen Police Squad, there's a shoeshine polisher, and Detective Frank Drebbing goes and asks him questions, and he gives very precise answers. And sometimes it's like that with the uh, with the alien contact experience. Real life and what we're seeing in the press at the moment, uh, for me, are totally at odds. They're at odds, they really are. You were saying this is hard to deal with when you have these contacts and this communication with the other side. Yeah. Tell me, explain that to me a little bit. Things started really kicking in in about 1999 when UFOs started coming in over my house uh, for no clear reason. They were not aircraft. We knew that the, uh, we had them analysed, had all the imagery analysed. So some were aircraft. You do get it wrong. Some were, but the ones I saw and I filmed were not aircraft. One, for example, illuminated a TV antenna. It came in and it illuminated a TV antenna. Yet another one uh, gave an aerobatic display of rotating 360 degrees around another object, uh, around another triangle-like craft. Yet another one came through, the, and I couldn't pick up the theme. Over the years, I managed to realise there was a theme to this. They kept going near my radio antennas. I'm a radio ham, so I'm conversant with radio. And uh, one particular incident, one of these UFOs literally just morphed itself as if it had flown through the antenna and out the other side of it. But the theme is antennas. So that means the theme is communication. And it took me many a year to understand what was going on around me, but the theme was indeed communication. And so they were trying to communicate. And I found myself on the receiving end of some very peculiar electronic-based harassment that is plausible deniable, um, that could pass very easily as the tinfoil hat wearer paranoia, could pass off as that, but unfortunately for us contact experiencers, who've had genuine contact, there is a fascist-like oppression of this information. I'm actually sick and tired of the BS that I see going on uh, to around me at the moment that is not telling the truth. The, the public are being lied to, um, and it's very nefarious. And I would suggest that it also blends at some little level with the esoteric, the occult, and the biblical all at the same time. This eyewitness, because I nearly was abducted by uh, by some ET, and uh, we had a divine intervention incident occur. I was left in no doubt as to the presence of the divine uh, around us, like, as you said earlier, some sort of computer simulation. So I've been followed by unmarked helicopters. I've been 
followed by people. It's all been very bizarre. Then it started to happen in about 2014, when those behind the UFOs started to reveal themselves. And it was absolutely unbelievable. I remember the vision quite well. Um, it was a blonde, blue-eyed gentleman uh, with blonde hair, blue eyes. He was uh, what we would call a Nordic ET. They are from the Andromeda uh, system. And he was leaving me in no doubt that they were communicating a doomsday warning of some description. And so this theme of being warned, not invaded, keeps surfacing. Warning again and again and again. Not invading us, warning us. The invasion is a, is a complex matter altogether, which we can get into, in my opinion. But they seem to be warning. They're very advanced. They're very learned. Um, and when the going got tough, they started to appear, and I was left absolutely staggered with what I witnessed. The look of this guy, you said he was he was pale skin, blue eyes? Yeah, Scandinavian. But it, it, you're left in no doubt as to them being not human. And for a split second, John, you think, my God, they're real. We're being lied to. I, I can't get my head around it. You never can get your head around what they look like. Now, was his, yeah. energy, was his energy good? Yes, absolutely. What people don't know... What they're omitting to tell you from this narrative in the media is what concerns aliens isn't humans, it's the actions of aliens. Strange but true. And it is as if the actions of one is monitored by the other. And I would hazard a guess that it's like an alien Cold War, where you've got the alien NATO and the alien Russia. It's kind of like that, it appears. I don't think everything's rosy in the garden. Uh, but this was a definite warning and has been repeated time and time again. And when the incident happened to me of this warning incident, in my book, I've got the art for it, I, Alien, Memoirs of a UFO Spy. And in that book is the, is the art of the doomsday clocks that was shown the image of him the actual images of the of the nuclear conflict and the symbolic symbolism of some sort of divine intervention taking place. It was spiritual as well as alien. When he was speaking, he wasn't speaking to me, he was speaking to someone else. Uh, hence, in my book, I write of, sort of, a, of a communication network that they established called ESCOVs. And so to go from that to at age 10 in Yorkshire, walking down the street with a pram of scrap because my parents were broke and we lived in a house with no bathroom, no heating. Uh, we had an outside toilet. My parents were very poor. Sexual abuse was the norm. To go from that to writing a book and now appearing on something like this and talking about the experiences is absolutely incredible, actually. It's an honour to see these people behind the UFOs. And Dr. Stephen Greer is actually quite correct. They are highly evolved. They are very learned. They are highly intelligent. But not all of them are peace and light. There is a thinking in the Dr. Greer camp that all of them are, but they're not. And that links closely with the demonic because the American Defense Intelligence Agency in the 1950s um, were closely monitoring the demonic components of the UFO phenomena. And I know that I've been speaking, for my book, I spoke to somebody called Pastor Ray Boesch. Highly recommend him. And he was approached by officers from the DIA who were trying to get their head around the fact that there could be a demonic component to this kind of situation with the UFO phenomena, uh, of which it appears there is. And it's as if they, the higher beings involved in all this are actually aware of it. And so mankind is, is really caught in the middle. It really is. That's the staggering thing about it. You know, it's funny you say that about, and you say they're Nordic 
Nordic mm. type alien, right? Energy is good. As I evolved with my stuff and my sensitivities, like I'm able to feel things. I'm able to mm. see things six months down the road, 12 months down the road. And well, the will. information right. I'm getting hasn't been wrong. Mm. So when I get around certain peoples, when I get around mm. indigenous people, and one thing that stood out to me, when I get around these fair skinned, blue eyed people, you know, humans here, on earth their fair skin blue eyes and that and everybody else that were the when i get around people the hand starts going it's indigenous people but i was one trying to wonder why this was happening with this fair skin blue eyed type of people uh when i get around them so that's very very interesting and to speak to speak to your history i've in the comedy business i've built comedians i built the fastest rising comedian in america and and i brought yeah and i brought i brought seven families out of the trailer park you know and these families have been in the trailer park for years and years and years if you had one side of the fence we'll say one side of the fence against the other side of the fence and this one side of the fence sees these people that have these these natural abilities and let's say we're thousand a.d wherever it was and you cast these people out of town you're wrong you put them in a bad area and then as time goes on, this bloodline, ancestral bloodline lineage is perpetuated yes. over and over and over in these poor communities because of these great yeah. talents. And now I'm seeing a lot of naturally talented people coming out of poor communities yes. for some odd reason, you know, and they're kind of they're kind of like short circuited in a way. But that's just a rationale and thought process based on what you're saying with your life and your ancestral lineage. Um, it's absolutely correct. There is an ancestral lineage thing, yes. uh, which appears to be strangely... Um, my first vision was at age two, when I was... Uh, my first paranormal vision happened at age two, and believe it or not, it was a Lord Ganesh-type uh, vision. Oddly enough, I did a bit of digging around into that bloodline and found it absolutely incredible that that bloodline is actually there in India, and some of them are very high up in the medical profession. And I've forgotten how I did it, John, because it was years ago, but I did have a dig around on that. Um, so there's this, there's this kind of... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yes, it, there is a lineage going on. It is related to that as well. Hence all the extreme paranormal activity that I'm getting. Uh, mm -hmm. And that does make perfect sense. And yes, indeed, that, that is a factor, uh, actually. But it took me years and years to work it out. In this position, nobody's really helping you, but they are. Only the other day, an interaction happened, which was... Uh, we're absolutely mind-blowing. Um, and it centers around an interaction. It's linked. So what happened to me was I was having these constant experiences while being targeted by the MK Ultra stuff 
the quite correct with the unacknowledged special access projects. There is corruption there, and people who have contact with those in the UFOs in a peaceful way, they are corrupted, they are abused by technology. You, you just the population, even the government, the elected governments, couldn't probably get their head around the brutality of it. But it is there, it is present. And so contact experiences like myself, we stick our head above the parapet and we can get, we can really get some grief over it. But I'm steadfast in my, what's the word, belief, not belief. Uh, I'm steadfast in what happened to me uh, in my foundation. I, but I'm a better man because of it, uh, John. I looked after my mother for eight years with dementia. Uh, I was the loneliest man in the world because because I used to lift her out of bed when she used to urinate herself, change her bed, get her back in again. I used to do all sorts because she was incontinent. It was heartbreaking. And in that same year, uh, in 2018, when my mother died, I lost the house I'd lived in in Yorkshire, had to move to Southport and have major hernia surgery all in the same year because the hernia I had, the surgeon suspected it was going gangrene because it had been months of neglect with it. I hadn't bothered because I'd been busy looking after my mother. And then I moved to Southport and I was a broken man, John, an absolutely shattered and broken man. But the UFO still kept coming. And on this particular day when I was suffering exhaustion like you wouldn't believe, I saw this pink triangle, this three pink lights, a UFO triangle craft coming over me. And then across the shoreline, there was like this bright white light going from left to right. I'll never forget it. And the exhaustion was lifted from me. A few days later, they revealed who they were. And once again, when you see them, you think, I'm being lied to. They're, they're real. They're here. They're evolved. This beautiful woman, bald head, real, you'd like her, John, because she had this real <laughs> spiritual vibe about her. It was beautiful. The energy was just beautiful but hang on a minute we're being invaded by them so it doesn't make sense so, so what i saw did not tally with what what's in the media at the moment they're they're highly evolved they were from she said that she was from arcturus but what is fascinating about this is that uh, she's actually from Boutier's uh, constellation and the man to zone in on that was edgar case who also knew they were from that area as well, which I find absolutely mind-blowing. And I was smitten with her. I'll never forget the interaction I had. And I know that they're there, and they appeared yet again the other day, years later. Actually, they appeared a few days after the loss of my mother. So my mother died, I think, on March the 17th, and they were here. They were there again. They came to say hello the other day. It was mind-blowing. It's sacred to me, John. I'll never forget it. Uh, they were there. They spoke. I'm not going to say what they said because we as contact experiencers are not as free as we'd like to think we are to come out with all this stuff. We have to be careful and that's a shame. But the, there, is a, there is a UFO cover-up for all the wrong reasons. It's fascist and I think elements of the uh, USG should hang its head in shame over what's gone. I know I've witnessed You think it. it's fear? Oh, what, fear of fear? Um, it's fear. Sometimes you got to understand where the percentages started. Mm. You know, wherever a percentage starts, and you got to back mm. down to that. All right, back mm. back down to that percentage where things started. But a lot mm. of times, I don't think you can fault some of the decision makers in the middle because mm. they're going off a narrative that they believe to be true. You know, and I think that if we can back things down and not live in these absolutes and try to 
explain the details to some extent, I think yeah. there might be a better understanding, if you will. Yeah. Yes, I think so. So that what they've done is they've used the they've used the narrative of we're being invaded in order to cover up their desire for technological acquisition, uh, and this is where it all went foobar. Uh, so that they've gone in for this narrative of we're being invaded, and then they've also not only that that they, they're desiring technological acquisition from extraterrestrials. And that's what they've got, except it hasn't gone according to plan. And this lie is perpetuated uh, through the media. What they're doing and what's going on are two different things. And there's only a limit where I can go, John, and talk about it. I can't. I've touched the limit now of how far I can get into that. But I've seen it. It was pointed out to me by these highly evolved beings of what is going on. And time and time again, they keep warning, not invading. And it would be very difficult to invade Earth, an alien race invading Earth. It would be very difficult to do because it's kind of like uh, a civilization trying to invade us would be policed. There's like a governance out there in the universe. And I was told by them, I get mind blown with it, John, but I was told 12 civilizations in the Milky Way, about 50 groups in total. I know Clifford Stone, he used to say there was 57. That's what I was told. I always had a caveat to it. Is it the military lacking around with some mind invasive stuff? But this was too, this was too spiritual. This was something else. This woman was just, oh my God, it was amazing. The biggest battle is the bloodline, is it not? Y yes, that's correct. You you're talking about the demonic there, are you, uh, John? Well, I don't know. I was told that the Hebrew bloodline is the bloodline that the dark can't mess with. And somehow yes. the yes. there's a bloodline that's not a Hebrew bloodline that has infiltrated the human race. Yes. And that's where the problem lies. It is interesting. I'll tell you why it's interesting from, from a contactee's perspective. Because when Pastor Ray Boesch was approached by these DIA guys, I think they called themselves the writers. They explained the physics of David Bomb, the quantum physicist, and basically a very simple exercise involving fluids. So what you've got is like um, a glycerine substance. You inject some food coloring or ink into it. You would rotate that glycerine and the ink would just disappear. Then you rotate it back again and the ink reappears. And based on that basic principle, we can tell that there is another dimension near us based on those principles. And from that dimension, it will be emitting signals at some sort of level of all kinds. And we can tell that there would be a collision between what you're talking about and what the U.S. military perceived under an agency called the Collins Elite. And the Collins Elite were specialists in trying to understand what this UFO phenomenon was on about because they were convinced there was a component to it. It is interesting because what I find fascinating about what you've just said is there's a guy out there called Alec Newalt. Perhaps you should have him as a guest on your show. He's a contactee from Auckland, New Zealand. He was going down the street. Next minute he knows 10 days have elapsed. He is 50 miles from where he should be and he's had contact with some ETs who are from another dimension. But what they said was interesting, they said this, that the Earth is ruled by a dark form of life, and it should be respected because it is a form of life. And this raises the complexity of divine intervention and the complexity of the fact that you possibly have beings very close to us in another domain that can be affected by kind of like the Hebrew stuff, the divine intervention, they can be affected by this. And this 
is complex. This it really is, and um, I don't know what to make of it. But it's what I've witnessed and what I've seen and and what I understand. I know there is a divine power out there. I know because it saved my life when I was nearly abducted by uh, unfriendly uh, natives, shall we say? It was unbelievable. I felt I was being pushed backwards in time, or rather, the whole living room was being pushed backwards. You're not prepared for that in any of the books. You're not prepared when the stand in front of you, these ET, and the reality around you is getting warped to time and being pushed backwards. And then all of a sudden, the presence of divine intervention comes into the room. It was unbelievable. Its presence was absolutely incredible. And I think it's responsible for saving, for saving. It was unbelievable. And this thing, what it was doing, it scarpered. Well, it didn't scarper. It it's, I got the impression it was trying to seek communion with it, but it didn't succeed. And it's complex. All of that bit is, is complex. And there is, John, there is a spiritual higher force at work uh, out there in the universe and on this planet. And I think that's a message of hope. And I really think the invasion narrative is pushing it a bit as far as I'm concerned. I, I really do. And where they got the mothership from, I've not actually read about that. The Pentagon made an announcement mm -hmm. that there's a mothership in our solar system. And, you know, I Avi, who was on my show, Avi wrote the report about it, and it seems like nobody's just, everybody's just going on with life. Nobody's really, <laughs> it's like we're so, I mean, I think people here in America are so disconnected to reality. Nobody wants to be taught anything, and it's like, you know, they just want to hear bullshit, bullshit that they don't have to think about. Nobody wants to be educated, if you will. It's true, John. Yeah, that's absolutely true, mate. Yeah, yeah, this is right. And the thing with that as well is that they're, they're actually, what they're saying and what's going on are two entirely different things altogether, um, most definitely. So, for example, they're not telling you. I thought they were going to disclose about the fact that aliens are routinely using our oceans as bases, that if they opened the hailing frequencies, they might learn something from them. The technological advancements that could be offered to humanity are there. But because we're under a fascist rule, that has restricted humanity. Uh, and definitely the perception of aliens. I mean, a random look on TikTok and you'll see the aliens are communicating. They're moving us to the next dimension. In real life, their arms length with the human race. They keep a distance. They're coming in and out of our oceans and keeping us at arm's length and watching our nuclear capabilities very closely because they don't want that lot out in the universe. They don't want that destruction out in the universe. Um, equally, uh, what is fascinating is I have reason to believe that aliens talk to each other. These things in the sky are talking to each other and they fly around with permission. I, I, I don't quite understand, but this is a vast kind of caper comedy in the skies above us, a reality that's completely missing from our society. And the best they can come up with is a mothership is coming near us or we're being invaded. It's very disappointing. I was thinking about that before you came on the show. I was like, <laughs> let me ask him about the title. You know, if you think about the word alien and you think about <laughs> the word UFO, it kind of <laughs> creates a, a mental defense just by the name. Yes. It's an assumption of defense instead yeah. of maybe ancients, you know, yes. ancient people that have evolved outside of our race, you know, and, and making it more of a welcoming type of title. First of all, it starts with the title and then whatever narrative you can create with that. 
in a different light, if you will. You know, why, yes, why do yes. we call them UFOs? Exactly, uh, exactly. You can unidentified flying objects, UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena. None dare call it alien. We do not know what they are, but we do actually. Did you know, I mean, the narrative of we don't, and then they've changed that from we do not know what they are to we don't know their intention. Well, yes, they do, because they've actually had contact and are keeping it quiet. They are not going to tell the world if they've had contact with ET, and I'm getting into quite a grey area now. But, it, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it, it, it's unbelievable. What the, it's a comic, it's a farce that I have, I've never seen anything quite like it. Considering, John, that men gave their lives in America and Britain on the D-Day beaches to protect the world from tyranny, and there's a type of tyranny now running the show, it absolutely disgusts me. And I think Eisenhower would, uh, would turn in his grave, because I think he was one of the men who knew the truth. And I think he would not have allowed that to happen, but he had no, what's the word, he had no control over it. That's what I think. Was well, the money system, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the money. money system. They built the yeah, foundation around the money system. Yeah, they did. Uh, and and there, that's when we start getting into the occult, demonic kind of areas of it then. When, where humanity is indeed ruled by something that the Bible and great spiritual works refer to, that is real. Uh, and of course, in the 1950s, as I say, the US military looked at this and knew and the truth had dawned on them. And they actually called them non-human entities, or NHE. They actually called them NHEs, non-human entities. Uh, and one of the things they said to Ray Boesch was that they gave the impression that the US was winning this secret war against them, but they were not. Um, and so it goes on and on. So it's kind of like another jigsaw piece in the picture. I've been exposed to some absolutely incredible experiences that I sometimes don't know why, um, and hence me writing my book, I Alien, Memoirs of a UFO Spy, which took about four years to write because I do suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. That's another thing that's a very taboo subject. People who have interactions with UFOs and the people behind them at a certain level will have PTSD, will be trauma. Travis Walton, I know when I met him, he was telling me how absolutely exhausted he was. In fact, he just collapsed. He just fainted, actually. Uh, about an hour ago, he was telling me he was just absolutely exhausted with it. And that's what happens. You have this mental exhaustion constantly stalking you with it. Uh, it's extreme stuff. Um, it, it really is. I wouldn't change it for the world. Are you a highly sensitive guy? You seem like you're very highly sensitive. I'm, I'm, I'm a highly sensitive guy. I, I'm tuned into the grid, as it were. Um, you know, I'm clairaudient, although I never talk about it. I never would do it in public, but I am clairaudient, so we can hear that other realm as well coming in sometimes. Um, but there again, I'm saying that if you've got kind of like divine intervention stood in the room, you've got to think in terms of signals. So something like that compacted into a living room sends signal emissions here, there and everywhere. So you're like on the recoil of what the hell was that? Why, what's it doing there? That kind of thing. It happens like that. But we're not alone in the universe, that is for sure. Um, and I definitely know what, what interested me as well during the course of writing this book was the incidents with the humans in the parallel. And what fascinated me with that, John, was there's no esoteric or occult reference to them, but they're there. So you've got another version of humanity in a parallel universe to us where things are a little different. As I understand it, they class themselves as an alien civilization, but they look like us. It's one of the most secretive things that nobody seems to talk about. About. It's like 
Man in the High Castle is is real. It staggered me. That's and I've dealt with this for forty years, but that was something I couldn't get my hand uh, head around. And I've written about that in my book as well. Just flabbergast me, John. Sometimes, and you can get absolutely exhausted with it. And so I wrote my book, and it's like you're crying in the wilderness, John. It's like it's just such a lonely place. There it is, stuck on Amazon. You put hours and hours of work into it. The art is to die for. Uh, did a lot of work on the art about what the aliens looked like so that we could have something for historical references. I certainly didn't do it for the money, John, uh, but it's out there. I'm proud of that. I've achieved something there. Uh, I've achieved it because I, I had a PTSD condition. It's really quite unpleasant, uh, but I managed to do it. And as a friend said the other day, look over your shoulder, see how far you've come. And he's quite right. He said, you've got the book done, and that's what matters. And it is what matters. So I'm very proud of that. Yeah. The fear is what creates the defense, right? But for some yeah. reason, I have this intuition that their energy is really, the dark energy is really not as strong as they think they are. You know, if you can see through that bullshit, it's not a big yeah. deal. I don't know how to put it into words, but it's like a divine intervention is, a, according to the ET, is a lot of power, a lot of power coming in um it's an energy and uh that I'm, well i'm saying the, the dark side what i'm saying is you know yeah. fear the dark side drives things by fear yes. but i feel like when people practice that or whatever it is the energy oh, Lord, to me is very weak someone normal that may not have this intuition and this yeah. divine deal going on it yeah. probably is a little different you know oh, but I I, from, yes. Yes, you understand what i'm saying yeah, I, I, in fact, John, actually, um, communication with the divine of the of the universe, like what you were contacting earlier, would make the ET, UFOs, and the darkness but a sideshow, but a spectator uh, when you're dealing with with that. Just mind blowing. Uh, but that's what I that's what I feel, uh, and to have faith in that, because all the great spiritual works uh, do tell of dealing with the occult as being a path to nowhere, which it is, of being actually a path to insanity, which it certainly is. Um, I know I've been there and I've dealt with the occult and I've cast spells and I've done all that BS. And really, it's a, it's not good. It's it's a road to nowhere. Did you fall into that depression in your life? Yes. Where you had to pull yeah, yourself oh, out of that? Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I mean, I was severely depressed. I mean, I, I had a lot of abuse going on and a lot of regular beatings at school because, John, uh, we lived in a house that was squalid. You were supporting a lot of thought processes that I've had. Yeah. And when I talk about fear and darkness that is very weak in my opinion but for some reason the darkness that will not show themselves to me i do I everything feel. i feel right i can feel I everything i can okay. feel somebody's in the room i can feel it yeah. i know when someone yeah. else is here but they will mm -hmm. not show themselves to me mm -hmm. and i don't know why that's interesting that, yeah. that's interesting perhaps you're uh perhaps you do have powerful energies um i know that i've seen it i wouldn't wish for it john because you might get what you wish for uh but i've seen it uh, and it's not a pleasant sight. Um, in fact, it's absolutely, well, I, I just step back in amazement, really, at what the great spiritual works are saying, because it's absolutely true. Um, and I never thought that, but it seems to point to that. Uh, and yes, the, it's a real force. Um, I can't articulate it, John. I can't put it into words. But it's on the theme of a form of life. But the thing is, is that this form of life shows no respect to the human race. And I don't get that bit. It's there and it has to be handled with respect. Um, I had interactions, uh, as I read in my book, I had interaction with it where it looked like something out of a Lord of the Rings movie in Dreamtime. This this bloody thing coming up to me, galloping to me. Oh, my word. It, it stank of centuries. The entity just was 
unreal. Have you ever smelled like wood, yeah. like a a wood burning? Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we've we, we've we've done all that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yes. You know what I'm saying? It sound, it, it almost is a because I'll, I'll tell you a little experience I had. I went into this bar. I, I, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. A lot of a lot of history here. A lot of energy here. And I went into this bar, and I could smell like this very cedar-type wood yeah. burning that I've never smelt in this bar before. And I didn't think nothing of it. And then this friend of mine that was with me can see stuff. So this entity followed me home, right? Tall, but he had a he had a wouldn't show his face, but he was like seven foot tall. Wouldn't show his face. I did the, uh, a ritual, a ceremony, and did some did some stuff, and I I got rid of him. But when I went back to that bar, that smell wasn't there. So I think those those things you're talking about have. Yeah approach me yeah but you know i've been able to recognize it and done when i have to to get rid of it yeah that, that makes sense john the the realization i think comes from uh you know you, you if you take a prompt from the u.s project stargate system uh project ingo swan and his work signal from noise where they reached a conclusion that uh that remote viewing was not psychic ability it was management of the subconscious mind and this is the thing the management of the subconscious mind can manifest and change reality in other words we are signal processes of the divinity uh, in other words, we actually have no need for the occult because we are signal processors in our own right. That's where the power lies. And that is where probably there is this conflict going on uh, because it's as if humanity has truly been given the slate of hand. Um, and this is this is what we see going on uh, in the world today. We've got all these engineered conflicts and all that kind of thing. Uh, and yet still, I, I think there's hope for humanity. Um, I really do. Think about how the kids, and I want to get back to your personal story, but think mm -hmm. about how the kids, because I've had this other rationale about subconscious, unconscious mm -hmm. bias, and consciousness. And I created this formula called Finding a Perfect mm -hmm. Audience, how to eliminate unconscious bias. It's linear to everything and everybody, and it mm -hmm. will rebirth or birth things the right way. Right? It's called finding a perfect audience. I had these words in my head, environment, foundation, sensitivities, tone, timing, emotions, and then landscape. And I was like, yeah. why do these words in my head all the time? So then I started putting them in order. I said, you know what? Because I'm a, I'm a meta media partner. So yeah. I, I study, you know, social media is basically sensitivities. And I study, you know, human behavior every day through social media. So I created this thing. The first phase is environment, foundation, sensitivities, right? So if you assess your environment and you understand how to communicate the right way, right? And I'm doing, think, think of this in a con content way. I said, if I can create content that is entertaining, educational, and relatable by law of attraction, people are going to respond to that. So whatever space I'm in, whatever I'm trying to, whatever narrative I'm trying to put out, I can put this content out there and people start to respond. So as these numbers come in, it starts to establish a foundation. These numbers are coming to my house because of law of attraction and whatever the content, whoever's attracted to this type of content. So you establish your foundation, which creates the sensitivities. All right. Your sensitivities are your demographics. There's a lot of information in demographics on human behavior, on how people, you know, respond to things. You know, if it's a 50-50 male deal or 90 percent female, I know that a 90 percent, you know, female 
you know, fan base or whatever it is for a business responds faster online on the 50-50 part. You know, you have to add the 50% of mail in because they wait to make decisions. So once you establish this, and this is going to be a quick run through because I don't want to talk, elaborate, but I'm writing a book on it. But, and then you go to the next phase is tone and timing. You've established your foundation the right way. You've created the right sensitivities. And then you're communicating with tone and tone is when you in life, you, you hang out with people, you know, they're usually your friends. They have a very similar tone. And then the timing of that, the timing is when you communicate and how you communicate. So, and, and tone also is you're communicating to your current friends and potential new friends. And the timing gives you the choice when and how to communicate the right way. Because certain humans are going to communicate at certain times, right? Then we get to if we've done phase one and phase two right, we get to emotions. This is where the the juggernaut of the universe is where, you know, this is where all the mistakes happen. So if we isolate emotions and look at that and say, hey, let's not have a knee-jerk reaction. Let's digest this information and use this information as our micro fixes to improve process one and two. But you don't want to get off the road just because you had an emotional response from someone that's responding to the content or you make a bad decision in life, you know, because there's no because what happens, what I found when people in people get to the emotional part in life is most people are hollow inside and they haven't established the right foundation. Mm -hmm. Right. So they have these knee jerk reactions because they have no confidence in who they are. And I can simulate that with content. And then the last thing is, you know, landscape. That's when you become fully functional, you know, have full functionality, you know, in life and you have a pattern that works for you that you finesse to this age you are in life is full functionality. So I've set this up with content, but this is linear to everything and everybody. And it could reset, it could reset every business. It would eliminate marketing because it's all data driven um, because that marketing is emotional. I think marketing is reactionary. Data is precise. Thinking about that with kids and you talk about how kids are programmed, right? When you talk about the programming and it happens with your subconscious as you're a kid, then as you get older, you respond based on that, based on that programming, and that's your unconscious bias. And that's why we never get to consciousness because we haven't built the right foundation. If kids approach something that they haven't done before that they're in fear of, instead of saying, can I do this? Am I able to do this? You know, the thought process should be taught in the kids. I can do this. I will be successful you know, and start that perpetuation of success, you change humanity. If yeah. you started at an early age, programming the subconscious properly. And I've never read, I've read two books. I've read half the Bible and how to be a millionaire. And these rationales came to me. Yes. And that, and that I think is when you would then hit a brick wall because humanity's consciousness is controlled. And that's when you hit the brick wall. That's when we get into the realm of a spiritual war. And it's taking a while for humanity to wake up and get up off its knees. Um, I mean, it's a lot of layers to unpeel. I'm sure, like enough. you, you are you are unpeeling yeah. yourself. So going back to yes. your personal your personal journey, right, and mm -hmm. your depression and so forth. I think you have to go to the dark side to understand the light. When did you have a realization of getting out of that depression and 
going a different route. So I've done a lot of therapy. Um, I've been blessed with miracles since moving to Southport. Um, it's enough to, um, the things I have witnessed and seen, no man should witness. But I've seen in the paranormal realm just a lot of stuff that's quite scary. Uh, but still I have the strength to carry on because of the, I think I'm driven by the by faith in the engine of the universe. I really do. I find aliens to be fence-sitters, really, sometimes, on humanity's issues. It's very tiring. It can, it never ends. But I do have faith in the, in the higher power, and that is why I'm, I'm here today telling this story, uh, because I do think there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of dark stuff out there. I've been at my lowest ebb. I really have uh, with it, and these ETs have been there. They've actually been there when it go, when it gets really tough. You know the MK Ultra stuff. What they do is absolutely unbelievable. The, the people out there who are subjected to it uh, are traumatized. It's something. There's something odd in our world. Our world is not as it appears. It's being controlled by something. Nothing is is as it, as it appears. Uh, but there's been some big realizations with doing the therapy to do with my past and to do with all that I've been through. There really has. And I am a bit disappointed with the ET interactions because they're being very secretive. They're not telling me why these interactions are happening, but they keep thundering on. Do you think some of these people have the knowledge to understand? Because I think there's certain, like me and you, could have a very conceptual thought process and it's easy to understand. But you know, I think there's a lot of people that only their mindset only goes so far. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I've done many media interviews in the UK on TV and radio, quite a few. Uh, one in particular uh, went badly wrong, where I stormed out the studio on him, live on air. He's a well-known presenter in the UK, I won't give you his name, uh, but by hilarity, the joke, the, the hilarious moment where he picks up a piece of my art that I have spent hours doing of a Nordic ET and says, a two-year-old could have done that. That's what he said to the camera. A two-year-old could have done that. By not noticing, however, in his ignorance, that the joke was, in Latin, below the image, was the word fiat lux, let there be light. And he held that up to the camera. And uh, I'll never forget that it was just absolutely comical, really. Uh, but I did. I stormed out very angry. And I feel sometimes I'm oppressed. I feel that my experiences are oppressed. There's a silent wall out there that I find disturbing about it all. And I find disturbing what we're seeing in narratives in the media at the moment. I do feel that an element of ET controls disclosure. It controls what we see and what we do not see of them. And that, uh, that is the general rule of thumb. And that's where there is like a, a cold war with humanity in the middle of it. Your mind, I can see your mind, and it's like going 100 miles an hour. It's going like this. Your mind is like yeah. this, swirling 100 miles an hour. But knowing what you know, I don't know. I had to, I've been having this thing about feeding. You know, I think we feed, we feed off our environment. We feed, you know, we settle based on what we see. And this has been a, something recently it's come through and feeding off what we see instead of, you know, if you, if you feed off what you see, you're going to have controversy. You're going to have things that people aren't going to like. But if you can get ahead of that and create a new environment, create new ideas, it will eliminate the controversy. And I think you have the intelligence to do that. In a way, based on your life, is kind of drug, keeps you kind of drug, 
back to the trailer park, in a, if you will, instead yes, of taking the, taking the knowledge and, and getting yeah. ahead of it? It's odd you should say that, because my therapist said that the other day. And <laughs> said that, uh, he did, honestly. And, and also to look over my shoulder and see how far I've come and the fact that the past is now over. You know, you've made some staggering achievements, uh, you know, and I have. I mean, yeah. I've done some staggering achievements since moving to Southport, uh, John, really staggering stuff. Uh, you know, so I, I keep going. Uh, and yes, you, you're right. Um, it's like that conscious bias towards the abusive past. The old friend, as as I once somebody once told me, the old friend that I know when really in front of me, the universe is saying, can you look at this, please? Can you look at that, please? You know, and it's very powerful stuff. Very. Uh, and I feel blessed and very privileged. Uh, to have experienced the, the more peaceful, enlightened side of the phenomena. Um, yeah. I feel very privileged to have done that, John. Uh, and it's still they're talking to you that. for a reason. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they you are. know, And there's something that you have the ability to do that maybe you're not fully tapping into. Yes, or maybe I have tapped into it unbeknown to me, and they're trying to actually control it. Um, that's quite a, a grey area that, that we're getting into. Uh, it's drip, drip, drip of information, you know, as to why yeah. they're doing what they're doing. You know, uh, it really, it really is absolutely crazy sometimes. But I, I, you know, I personally, we've had the UFOs over the house here. I've filmed them, um, definitely. I mean, one of them was featured on one of the major TV channels here in the UK, one of the UFOs that I filmed. Um, you know, and they are... Uh, they tell me that they are from another dimension, and they tell me that they use water uh, in that dimension like they would use water on Earth, hence them having bases here. Their technology is very advanced, um, and they're from their maritime. They're from the sea, this particular element of it. Um, and it's just fascinating to, to see it all happen, um, and, and that's what they say. And I believe that the area what I'm filming in may be sacred ground. They may be actually protecting something sacred. There's a lot of people in Southport here in the UK who are very switched on to all this, and they believe that to be correct. We know that it's not a plane. We know that we've not filmed planes. As I said, there's been a couple of occasions where I've got it wrong and filmed a plane, filmed a satellite, even filmed the moon, you know. Uh, but on the whole, the majority of the UFO footage has held up, which I'm very proud of. And all I need now, John, is for them to come in with a light show. And there you go. Seals the deal, doesn't it? I'd like to write my book, which I've done. I want to get a film, a movie done now from the book. And then I think I'll retire, John. I think I'll think about retiring from it all because it's been a, a harrowing journey and it's not a peaceful path. It's just not peaceful. Who would play you in the movie? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think uh, Benedict Cumberbatch would be very good. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch or, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, Clive Owen, he'd be very good as well. There's, there's a lot of good up-and-coming actors uh, that there really is. But it is it, it, the book is a movie. The book is the story of my life. And we've got the journals, for example, within the book, where these journals have sat on my shelf for years and years. And in a fit of rage, when I lost my mother, I nearly put them in the bin. But the fact of the matter is these journals were detailing a precise operation involving earth agencies and the ufos not governed by time and so i called it escovs i gave it a name i called it escov special contact operation very c very c as in we verify what you see from the future to the past and in there date and time is all the multiple interactions that i've been having you're uh, an engineer so to say again you're an engineer that's very you know what you're an John, engineer but do you know, John, you've, you, you've actually shocked me because, I'll tell you why you've shocked me, because 
Last week, when I was asleep, I heard this ET-type voice say, you're an engineer. Can you believe that? Really? And I'm not bullshitting you. That wow. actually happened. I actually heard them say, you're an engineer, in their synthetic kind of voice. When, when you hear them speak, they're like speaking through a translator, so it sounds a bit metallic. But that is, that is actually, I heard that last week in sleep you're an engineer and i thought what the bloody hell is that all about and then you've just come out with it now but they'll do that they'll do little markers in time mm -hmm. to show their presence like for example on a radio show when i was interviewing someone a guy comes on a link like this it was uh, it wasn't riverside it was another platform and you heard him say peace the word peace but there's only me and the guest there and i don't know how it could have happened but he's on the audio track yes that actually happened last week i'm pretty dialed I, in for some reason haven't you but yeah yeah i can't get my head around that that really happened last week where that you know that, that was heard you're an engineer so that they're obviously kind of quite what's the word we're looking for oh what's the word not clairaudient is it when you're seeing into the future yeah can't remember the term john but yeah so that that's quite amazing i don't know that's what came came to me i just yeah. that's what i feel that's what i see mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know i don't know i've became more dialed in recently i don't know it's pretty wild mm -hmm. you know and i think things happen for a reason i think we're talking for a reason for something yeah you know yes indeed indeed so i uh it took me years to get the art together as well so get to, it took, took me months actually to shape it and get it right uh the what the et looked like and uh, you know that has been that has been put in the book and i'm very proud of that including all my image analysis so all the photographs of the ufos coming in and the image analysis associated with them uh is there as well one image in particular i'm jury's out it might be a plane but all the others as far as i'm concerned they're forced to be candid are absolutely spot on it is them and they kept they kept going their tv antennas and i think what they're doing john is they are setting if you you want to get him on your show a guy called edward bell bruno dr edward bell bruno who's a contact experiencer it's very interesting because he he went on whitley striber's show but changed his voice and a member of his family contacted me and said his name is blah 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 we just do we just thought we met contact with you we've heard of your experiences what he said when he worked for nasa was that he was working on uh propulsion calculations he claims that uh et turned up in his room showed him a star map and he cracked the calculations concerned and what he said was and this is the crucial bit was that humanity is being given a roadmap to the way forward it's like star trek it, it's been given a roadmap the way forward it's been shown so we're not being invaded we're being shown a way forward but the overarching umbrella is uh, fascism. There's a, there's a fascist element to the UFO cover-up, and I detest it. And it happened after World War II, and I think Operation Paperclip has got a lot to answer for in that area. This is from what those in the skies above have been hinting at and telling me. So there you go, John, you know, it, that appears to be the thing. You just, need more, you just need more confidence. You reckon? Yeah, you're right. You need more confidence. Yeah, right. That's it. I think you just need more yeah. confidence. I think that you're probably a lot smarter than most of the people around you. And, I am. And, you know, there's something to that, you know, and I think yes. that if you go on the first 10 seconds of instinct and whatever you do, That'll be the right path, but when you start second guess, when you start second guessing that instinct, yeah, yeah. that's when you stay where you're at. 
Yeah, well, you know, we've got the guys from Project Stargate to thank for that signal from noise, you know. The signal kicks in 10 seconds, the intuitive, the subconscious is open to the signal, and then 10 seconds in the noise, that what they call the analytical overlay, uh, the mental noise just kicks in. So they knew even back then, John, when experimenting with all this, they knew that the subconscious is susceptible to, to noise in the first 10 seconds of the intuition um, kicking in and knowing something. It's true. What you said is absolutely true, yeah. yeah I mean, I had a rationale of out of, you know, of of the density, a rationale, the density of minerals. I mean, I went to Curacao. I went to Curacao, right? And everything is a vibration. And I started studying Curacao. It's the ABC Islands. And it's the only area where there's no hurricanes, there's no predators, there's no shark attacks, there's nothing. You know, and if you think about Atlantis or whatever, and, and used to... Used sorry, to sorry. John, may I just interrupt you? What did you say? Curacao, did you Curacao. say? Curacao. Curacao. All right. Okay. Right. Curacao. It used to be land of the giants. Right. You know, these very large people live there. If you understand what's underneath there, some of the densest minerals in the world, if that is your center point of density, then everything outside of that is less dense. If that's where the world started from a density standpoint, then mm. the world is less dense outside of that. So if you wanted to understand how to find diamonds or whatever, you could reverse engineer from the densest point of the earth and determine where diamonds are, where gold is, all these things reverse engineering. But wow. if you think about it in a way of how the earth was created, so that density, those minerals have density underneath which creates a certain vibration. Then you think about the salt of the earth people who fire, wind, water, you know, what they, you know, their spirituality was. So you have the density of stone and you lay the, lay the elements on top of that creates another vibration. So you have the vibrations of the density of the minerals and you lay the elements on top of that. Then you lay the humans on top of that, right? which starts creating, they're going to start responding based on the, the vibrations of the density of the minerals and your elements. And that starts creating their own environment and it starts crafting what type of people they are, right? Based on that environment and vibrations underneath. That's a rationale that I came up with because of me going to Curacao. I've been going twice, I've been two years in a row, but there's something to the density of those minerals and understanding that, you know, it's like a lot of this information is out there that I don't know why people can't figure out. To me, it seems very simple, if yes. you will. You could tap into on another level whatever you need to engineer that maybe people need to know about. Yes, this is true. You, you, you're once again talking the manifestation of reality by um, subconscious kind of information processing and linking to the earth itself rather than occult means, you know. And if you make a pact with God, John, uh, rather than the left-hand side, uh, that puts you in, uh, what's the, that put, sorts the men from the boys very quickly, I think, you know, because there is that, there is, we see it in our pop culture, don't we, of uh, these pop stars and celebrities making these pacts and, Really, the most powerful one is to make one with divine, and, and you, I think you get guided, don't you? That's probably divinely inspired, what you were talking about there. Um, you know, the I've had 200 robins follow me down a street, oh, down a road. You need to read John William Henry's book, The Esoteric Language of the Birds. The Esoteric Language of the Birds is the, is the language of kings, whereby the ancient kings of Earth would routinely speak to the birds and routinely have birds coming up to them and they'd have conversations with them. Um, and kind of like it can happen where one could be walking down the street and I know when a bird is hungry or you'll hear them chirping on masks because they're looking for food and that kind of, you'll literally hear it. It's sub subconscious 
kind of signal processing. But you must look it up. William Henry's Esoteric uh, Song of the Birds, it's called. And it's an amazing book. And it details throughout history uh, people like yourself uh, who are attracting flocks of birds to them and have communication with them. The language of kings. So, yeah, these are all discoveries that I'm going through. I'm just trying to figure out what what's what's happening if you will it certainly looks like it, it certainly looks like you're a transmuter of the source doesn't it uh, by the sounds of it and the uh, you know that similar thing has happened to me with the birds but yeah it, it, it is the language of the kings and it, it sounds like uh john you you know you, you you sound to be spiritually enlightened but, the, but enlightenment is never an easy path uh, it really uh, it really isn't uh, never an easy path yes and figuring out things is a lot simpler we realize i can tell you this when I did a journey, I did a shamanic journey about 11 years ago, and I did it in Malibu, California. And, you know, we went and did this thing. And these people that do these journeys supposedly said they were the channeler and all this kind of stuff. So it was the first time a friend of mine had been trying to get me to do it for years. And then when I went under this state, this lady who does these practices, this thing, I look at her. She's the devil. Her husband is clear. And then one of my good friends, it looks like a dragon. And whatever happened, like there was like a tribe of people came down and I didn't see them, but I saw this, I saw this like energy on the ground. It was like a, it was like fuzz. It was like a thick fuzz of energy. And it was just like, shh, you don't know the power of God and all this. But after that point, that's when everything changed for me. 11 years ago, I tapped into something. So it's, it's, and in the past couple years, I've started aligning with more things and tried to go deeper into it. You know, to reiterate your book. Yes, it's um, called the I Alien, Memoirs of a UFO Spy. I Alien? Yes, I Alien, Memoirs of a UFO Spy. I'm very proud of it. It is available on Amazon and uh, all the other good uh, good books platforms. We're getting the audio books sorted out. That will be out as well. Uh, and I'm very proud of it, John. Very proud of it indeed. And it sums up the paranormal incidents that I had as being part of an intelligence asset for something uh, wider, for something bigger, um, you know, like a, how can I put it, uh, like a walking server of the paranormal, like a telescope, a radio telescope. Uh, quite unbelievable, but true. And it's probably a manuscript of, you know, data that someone's going to manus- need. Yes, John. Yes, well done. It is a manuscript of data. It definitely is. It's part of the roadmap of the way forward. And it also has a biblical theme running to it of the kind of like the, the interactions I had with that realm. Uh, it's a bit like Neo in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, you, you're right. It's um, it's the foundation of something, most definitely. And not many people twig on that, but you've zoned in on it. Impressive. With where we're at with energy and things right now, there's probably yeah. a lot of great things that you can do moving yes. forward. Don't yeah. discredit that no. at all. Yeah, I get that, John. I, 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 you talk in ways that nobody's quite talked to me before because I have to, somebody like me has to have like specialist support, specialist kind of psychological. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. That that does make a lot of sense. Thank you. Yeah, very, very, very good speaking to you. And I think the more you, you're using the left side of your brain and the more you get into the right side of your brain and can use both sides of your brain, that's probably when shit's going to be crazy, more crazy. Yeah, yeah well, it, 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 the craziness never leaves me, uh, John. It, it really doesn't. But I am a, 
an exceptional human experience sir um what's the word is it uncommon among common people i think that's the word isn't it to coin the phrase uh yeah so i i just hope that book uh takes off because it's doing very slow at the moment and i feel like it's suppressed but as you've rightly said that's kind of like back in the trailer park isn't it yeah if we're yeah. working to that point yeah. yeah you know i think with my experience and you may not understand a lot of things now because i think yeah. sometimes things get harder before they get yeah. better, but things True. are going to, something's going to happen with you. That's going to be really, really good. And you're going to be like, all right, that makes sense. We'll definitely stay in touch. And this has been Tony topping. Check out his book. I think it's uh, going to be a great read. And I'm John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.